All right. I totally just started getting emotional during worship. Um, thank you, Jalise. You guys, she's um, just really awesome and super faithful year after year, week after week to come and bring her gift and her heart for meeting with the Lord in worship to us. And it's just like often a very thankless job. So I'm really grateful for her. Um, Thanks, friend. Okay. Um, So I want to tell you all a little bit about what we're doing here and what our hope for this year is. And I was telling some of the team, it feels like a little bit of a challenge this morning because I feel like I have so much I want to say because we have been praying for you guys and we have been dreaming about this and we have been um, just envisioning what we want this space to be. And so I feel like it's going to come like all just bubbling up and pouring out of me. And I'm like, I have to stay on time. So I've got people around the room that are going to be flagging me if I talk too long. And you'll just have to forgive me if I start talking about something and then say, you know what, we'll explain more later. Because we have a whole, hopefully, year together. I know you signed up in semester, some of you, but hopefully we are planning to be together all year long studying Romans. Um, So we've got a lot of time to work out all the kinks and explain all the things, and you'll have some time later with your table leaders to ask questions um, if there's things that I say that you don't understand. So, um, all right, let's get right in. I want to first just tell you guys why we picked the name Nurture why we're calling that, what we meet, um, like what we're meeting and um, what it means to us. And I'm going to have to figure this stuff up. Oh, it, look at that. You guys, we're so much have more high tech than we've ever been. This year is the year. Okay. Um, so I kind of feel like this morning is a little bit of a family meeting. I am going to be talking to us and telling us who we want to be, our, our core values I would describe as who we want to be. I'm going to talk to you about our mission, which is kind of what we want to do. And then I'm going to talk to you about our method, which is kind of how we want to do it. So that's how that flows. And I'm going to go through them really fast. You can write them down in your book because I'm going to flow through them and read them. And then I'm kind of going to explain them in a little bit more lengthy way. So our core values, who we want to be as a community here of people, we hold a high view of God's word. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about what I mean by that in a second. We are going to strive for humility and honor in all of our interactions with each other. And we are going to bring our veriness to this community. And I will explain a little bit more about that in a second too. Our mission what we want to do. I have, um, if you have heard us announce this on Sunday mornings and whatnot, our mission is to intentionally pursue growth and health in our relationships with God, with ourselves, and with others. So the word nurture means to intentionally pursue growth and health. And we will talk about that a little bit more, but those are the relationships we're working on, nurturing God, ourselves, and others. And then kind of the method of how we're going to do it, there's a lot of different ways, and all of this is the stuff that will continue to be explained, and you'll see unfold each week. But we've got daily things, like you're going to see in our packet, where we're going to be reading and memorizing and journaling on a daily basis. Um, As you flip through your packet, some of that will start to become clear, and pieces of that will be explained. I will explain some of it. Your table leader will. 
We can answer questions as we go. Uh, weekly, we've got a challenge to you. Um, there's a deeper reflection in each week where we're going to challenge you to go a little bit deeper. Um, spend a little bit more time on one day of the week. Find a day of your week that you know, I have a little bit more wiggle room. This isn't my rushed 15-minute day. Um, and then monthly, we're going to pause to do something that we're calling Anchor and Apply, and I will talk again about that. Um, we've got social and sacred spaces, which are our weekly small groups are a little bit more of our kind of sacred space, if you've heard the terminology that we use at Creekside. Um, of being intentional and talking about our relationships with God. And then we've got our monthly nurture nights and park days, which you've heard about and you'll hear more about. And those are some social things. So those are all the different methods and ways that we are going to see rotate throughout our year. We'll have lots of opportunities for lots of them. So there's your bullet point. Now, um, if you want to, I'm going to be in quite a bit of different scripture, but if you have your Bibles and you want to open up to Romans 12, I will be in there probably the most, but I also have it up here, so you don't have to worry if you don't have it. Okay, so let's begin by talking about our mission, and we will see, oops, you'll see how the core values and some of our methods kind of find their way into that. So I said that the word nurture, we really liked that word. We picked that word because if you look it up in the definition, it literally means to intentionally pursue growth and health for something. And if you just think with me about that word, nurture, I feel like there's a connotation of that, of intentionality. You don't, like, if you're thinking about nurturing a, a plant, for instance, like you have on your little tables there, you... Um, you're caring for it. I have friends who talk to their plants. I kill every plant. I am not a great nurturer when it comes to plants, but you're very intentional and you're like taking care of it. You're pouring water. You're giving it sunlight. You're trying to help it be healthy and grow. Um, the opposite of nurture is to neglect something, right? Like you can either willfully neglect something, like I am not paying attention to this part of my life, or you can unintentionally neglect something, which is how I do not nurture plants. I unintentionally neglect them and they die. But I want you to think about that word really seriously throughout this year, because to nurture something automatically assumes that you are paying attention to it, that you are giving it attention and intentionality in your life. So if we're nurturing our relationships, we're paying attention to them and we're working on them and we're wanting to grow and provide health to them. Um, so we're going to nurture our relationship with God. Um, here in this group, we are not like hiding that we believe in God, that we are going to be studying the Bible, we just sing songs about God, but I do want you to hear me that this is a space where you do not have to know where you are at in your relationship with God or what you think about God. I really genuinely believe that everybody is on a very unique and personal journey with God. I think he's real and personal, but I think that everybody is on a different journey with where they are at with him. I have a really dear friend that I've been talking with um, getting to know a lot better this summer. And she's like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, I mean, I believe there's something, but I don't know if it's the God you're talking about. I don't know if it's the God in this Bible. I just want to tell you all of that is okay. All of that still contains a relationship. All that we're doing here is believing that that's a value to talk about. 
that that's an important and healthy thing to explore and figure out and have conversation about. And there's no place that you need to be in that conversation or in that relationship in order to have a place here (laughs) and feel at home and welcome and bring your realness to the conversation. I don't want anybody here pretending that they're anything that they're not in this relationship that we're being intentional about with God. Um, So one of the ways that we're going to do that is we're going to study Romans, which brings us kind of to our first core value, which is having a high view of God's word. So when I say that, I think that that actually for a lot of people who've been in church for a long time, you might have heard that phrase that has a lot of connotation to it. So I want to explain what I mean by that. First of all, I do mean that I don't think that this is any old book. I think that this is this contains the breath and the word of God, that it is powerful, um, that men penned it as they were being inspired by the Holy Spirit, and that it was the actual words and intention that God meant to communicate. I believe that God is constantly looking to reveal himself to us and tell us who he is because he desires relationship with us. And this is a main way that he did that. And he speaks in here. And I don't think that it's just um, dead words. I believe it contains like the spiritual breath of God. We talked last, um, last year in our women's Bible study, we studied Luke and we talked about how one of the things that Jesus describes God's word as is like a seed that has DNA in it of an entire life of a big old oak tree in this tiny seed. It's not dead. There is an alive, like when Jesus describes the word of God as a seed that burrows into our heart and then it grows up and transforms and changes us. That's what I mean by a high view of God's word. I believe this is powerful and it's something that um, it's meant to give like life-giving and transforming power. And so when we hold a high view of it, we regard it as something to engage and to learn and, and to like wrap our lives around and to study and to wrestle with. So that's what I mean by that. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16, I don't think I put this one on there, um, means, or 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is breathed out by God and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Um, Now I want to tell you another thing that I think having a high view of God's word means, and this one you might not have heard as much. So um, from the, like, earliest days that this was penned, people, very, very smart people, smarter than any of us in this room, have been trying to figure out what this book means, how to read it, how to interpret it, what the primary meaning of the different scriptures that you read is. People are wrestling with that. That is not an easy cut and dry black and white conversation that anyone is having. So we want to try to figure out as we read through Romans what it means and what God's intention is for us. So Having said that, here is the definition of word. A unit of language consisting of one or more spoken sounds that function as a principal carrier of meaning. So if a word means a principal carrier of meaning, now I want you to keep that in mind, that a word, a literal word, and when we say we have a high view of God's word, is a principal carrier of meaning. Keep that in mind as I read these scriptures to you. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him not anything was made that was made. Verse 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. 1 John 1.1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, that life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us, which means was, was made visible. We could see it. We could behold it. So this is talking about Jesus, right? So if Jesus is God's principal carrier of meaning— then as we read through Romans and we struggle to understand what does God mean when he says this, we can filter it through the lens of Jesus. We can look at his life, we can look at his character and his attitudes and the way that he treated people, and that ought to be our primary way of interpreting what God meant when he said everything else that he said in scripture. Jesus is our best lens for what God's word means. So when I say we're, we're holding a high view of God's word, I mean we have a high view of Jesus and his character and his attitude and the way that he treated people. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, and then second, I think, wait, second to what? What was I saying? <laughs> All right. I am really wrapped up in that part. Um, okay. How are we going to do this? So we're going to read God's word. <laughs> This is how we're nurturing our relationship with God. I have to go all the way back. Second way we're going to nurture our relationship with God is that sometimes we can get so passionate about studying God's word that we forget to be passionate about enjoying God in our relationship with him. I do this with my kids, and I see the biggest difference between my first kid and my fifth kid. My first kid, I was so passionate about remembering everything, writing down everything, doing everything right. I know when she ate her first solids. I know what date, times of the night she took poops. I know everything. I wrote it all down. My journals are meticulous. My scrapbooks are meticulous. My fifth kid, I don't know any of that, but I enjoyed him like way more actually, unfortunately, for my sweet daughter. Because I just sometimes looked up from my studying and I just was with her. So you are going to see times in our packet, which this will come up. Oh, sweet friend. <laughs> She's crying. I almost started crying too. It's fine. We can cry here. Um, we're going to pause sometimes in our reading of Romans. About once a month, we're going to pause on our working our way through Romans and we're going to meditate on a psalm. We're going to reflect on what we've learned so far. We're going to digest it. And we're just going to sit before God. And I encourage you to not think of those weeks as a week off. That's not like, oh, good, I don't have anything to do this week. That's like, no, we're creating space to enjoy, consider, nurture where we're at in our relationship with God. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about this definition um, throughout the year, and a lot of things that we do in this are going to be based off of this definition. The definition of connection, at least by one kind of therapist and studier of people, is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. So that's true of our connections with each other, but that's also true of our connection with God. So part of nurturing and strengthening our relationship with God is learning about him and seeing him and studying him, but some of it is letting him see us, letting ourselves be laid bare before him and, and letting him see us 
and that energy that exists when we do that. And that might sound weird. You're like, God always sees me. I get it, Katie. But I don't know about you, but I do feel like there are seasons in my life when I am trying to hide from myself from God, at least parts of me, where I'm like, okay, we're just going, we're just going, and I'm obeying, and I'm doing this, but I'm not letting you see the real parts of me, because I don't know if you're super safe. I don't know what you're going to do if I open everything wide up bare to you and let you know really what I think. I don't know if you're going to punish me because I'm having weird thoughts. I don't know if you're going to, you know, like, I just don't want to reveal everything about me and what I want to you, God, because I'm just afraid of you. That's how I I get in my relationship with God. And I think that there is something to this connection with God being strengthened when we go, you know what? Here I am. Right, wrong, indifferent. I don't know, but here I am. There isn't a part of me that has a no-touch boundary on it. You have access to all of me, God. And what will you do with that? And that nurtures our relationship and it transforms us when we lay ourselves bare before him. So we want to strive to do that as a group this year. Um, okay, I told you we'd be in Romans 12. Here's where we're going to start. And I love that it comes from Romans because we're going to be studying it. And all of this um, I wrote before, and then I was like, holy cow, it's all in Romans 12. So, therefore, brothers, by God's mercy, present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I don't actually think that Paul is telling them, go make yourself holy and pleasing to God, and then come and present yourself. He's saying, you guys, you are holy and pleasing to God. Because of what Jesus did, you're holy and pleasing to God. So present yourself by God's mercy in front of him laid bare, and then be, be transformed by that because it's a powerful thing and don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Um, okay, to nurture our relationship with ourselves, which is our kind of second section. This is the one that I think might be the most confusing. It might sound like, where does that have a place in a Bible study? Um, what does that even look like? I think somebody asked me, well, what does that look like to nurture my relationship with myself? But if we're not able to look intentionally at the way that God made us as people, like in general, how people work, and uniquely, how God made me, I am different than you, and I'm different than you. We all have very different personalities, life stages, things that have happened in our lives that have made us who we are. And if we're not able to like intentionally be self-reflective and take some looks at the way that God makes people and the, the reasons why we do the things that we do and the reasons why we act the way that we act, then we're going to be severely limited in our ability to fully give ourselves in relationship to God and in relationship to other people. Because remember, connection is the energy that exists when you bring yourself fully to be seen by somebody else. And if we don't know ourselves and we don't understand ourselves, then it limits our capacity for relationship in these other ones. So that's kind of what I mean by that. And we're going to be um, we're going to be doing a couple different things throughout the year that are in that vein, in that goal. Some of the anchor and apply weeks will be that. On those weeks, we'll have teachings that are a little bit more based on understanding 
who we are and how people work in different seasons, seasons of suffering or seasons of stress. Um, and you'll see those in your packet. That's We'll have a teaching from up here and then we'll have prompts to consider throughout the rest of the week and in your conversations with each other. But if you sense some of that conversation throughout the year, that's the purpose of it. That's why, because we also can't hope to grow and change if we're not self-reflective and if we're not on a journey of understanding how did God make me unique as an individual? And that, I promise you, it betters all our other relationships. It makes us better moms, wives, friends, neighbors, um, better lovers of God and lovers of people, basically. Uh, I have these quotes for you from a book that I just recently read by David Benner, um, who is a theologian, and a, um, he's just got some awesome books. He says, Christian spirituality involves a transformation of the self that occurs only when God and self are both deeply known. Both, therefore, have an important place in Christian spirituality. There is no deep knowing of God without a deep knowing of self, and no deep knowing of self without a deep knowing of God. The self that begins the spiritual journey is the self of our own creation, the self we thought ourselves to be. This is the self that dies on the journey, that's the self that arrives is the self that was loved into existence by divine love. This is the person we were destined from eternity to become, the I that is hidden in the I am. I love that, you guys. God made you. <laughs> I love you, girl. God made us unique and individual and an image of him meant to portray a unique imprint of him to the world, but we can get all clouded. Our uniqueness and the image of God in us can get all clouded by all this other junk. And if we go on a journey to understand, why do I have all that junk? Oh, I got five minutes. I'm going to go faster. Um, we uncover that and we get to be more fully who we were created to be and we more perfectly represent God. So that's what that journey is. Romans 12.3 says, For the grace given me, I say it to everyone among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And this brings us kind of to our second core value. We're going to strive for humility and honor in all our interactions. Because if we're seeking a humble view of ourselves, knowing that we haven't got everything figured out and knowing that we want to grow and learn, then we're not going to have any room to hold our ability to understand God's word with anything but grace and humility. And we're not gonna have any room to not offer grace and humility in our, and honor in our interactions with other people. Um, shoot, I think I'm gonna have to skip all the good stuff that James says. Okay, James says some really good stuff in the beginning of his letter to people. If you want some extra time this week, just go open up the letter of James. He talks a lot to them. He's talking to a church about their interactions with each other. And he talks about being not just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. And he talks about what that looks like in wisdom. If that is actually transforming you, it will look like peace and gentleness and open to reason and full of mercy. Um, and then he ends by saying, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. And he's talking about being a studier of God's word. So that's what our high value of seeking to demonstrate humility and honor for each other has to do with. Okay, I'm moving right along. Um, and last, we're going to nurture our relationships with others, which is kind of what we already just touched on. So um, when we meet together each week, when we come here week after week, all year long, I want us to have the mindset, not that we are coming as these like 
already, not that anybody actually cognitively thinks this. I know none of you walk in and go, I'm already a perfect lover of people. I know that. But do we actually come in with the mindset of, this morning, I'm going to practice love. I'm going to be, I'm going to get better from the beginning of this morning to the end of this morning at loving people and at loving God. We are coming into this setting. We are in, like intentionally putting ourselves in a community of people that are very, all of us, very different and come from very different things. And the assumption should be that we will not love well. If we are saying that the word is nurturing our relationship, the assumption is that it is fragile and it needs care and intentionality and sustenance and effort put into it in order to be healthy and to grow. So our relationships with each other will not just happen. We will not just sit down and automatically be really good. I mean, there's some people that you're like, you are so easy to love. That is why you can be my friend forever. Others of you I need to take in doses. Like, I get that. That's how real life works. But we... (laughs) screaming into this thing. Um, But our assumption should be, I'm not going to do this well. This is going to take effort. So if we come in here with that mentality, I want to love my group well this year. I want to get better at being someone who exudes love to my group. Just assume it's going to take effort. Assume it's going to take nurture. Like these succulents that are on your table are going to die if we don't. We have to assume we've got to water them. They're real. By the way, I forgot to tell you guys about that. We're going to have a little challenge amongst our tables who can keep their succulent alive the longest, and you'll get a prize. So water it every week, or don't if it seems like it needs more water, but it's on you tables. Um, Okay, so sorry, tangent. If we assume that we're not gonna do this perfectly um, or even well, then it's also gonna breed that humility in us. I don't know how many of you were here a couple Sundays ago, maybe just last Sunday, I lose track. Ryan gave an image of a baby toddling around, learning to walk in love was the verse that he was talking about as a charge. Like, let's just start with that image. We're all just dang babies toddling around trying to walk in love. So assume stumbles, give grace, be humble. It's okay. Like we're trying to love each other well. It's hard. So um, in our nurturing our relationships with each other, we're actually just practicing loving each other, loving our husbands, loving our spouse, or husbands and spouses are the same. (laughs) Our children and our neighbors and our friends, we're practicing loving them all well. Um, So... Our other kind of little part to that is, remember, I'm going to go back again to our, our definition of connection. Allowing yourself to be seen and then honoring when somebody else allows themselves to be seen, that, um, that brings us kind of to our last core value. We are not all the same in here. We do not have all of the same temperaments, the same things that we enjoy, the same stages of life, none of that. It's all very diverse and different, and I love that. Let's not assume otherwise, but here's what comes with that. If somebody is up here bringing something to our group that is not your jam, that you're like, I don't really get, I don't, I don't get what she's saying, I don't get why that matters, I don't really like that, let's honor who she, she's letting herself be seen. Let's honor who she is and what she brings We don't tell anybody in a body, in a community of people that we don't need what they have to offer. That's not who I want us to be here. I want us all, and on the flip side of that, don't be sitting out there thinking, 
this group's not for me. I don't see myself here at all. This, is, this group is totally different than the, thing, the way that I talk, the things that I like, the things that I understand. We need you. If you leave, if you don't bring yourself to the table, we miss out, like sorely miss out. So bring our, our um, uh, is it on here? Yes, I know. Thank you. Um, the, where that comes from... <laughs> is another sermon that Ryan um, talked on a couple Sundays ago or more. In Luke 10, 27, um, the charge is to love God with all of our heart, our soul, our strength, and our mind. And that word strength or might, he translated for us into a word that connotates your veriness. Whatever makes you very something. Some of you are very patient and some of you are very charismatic and some of you are very creative and some of you are very, very smart. And if we bring whatever it is that makes us vary something to this group, oh, we are in such a better place. We are so blessed, right? If we get to see everybody's variness. So the commitment, the core value, the request is that you would bring your variness to our community because you do have the image of God in you. And as you bring it out, we get a better picture of who God is. We get to see God clearer. Um, and that also means if you are looking around and being like, you know what they should do? You know what they really should have? It's just so lame that they don't have this already. I'm going to go to another church that has this. No, you should bring it here. You should do it. There we, have, we talked about this in our leadership team. We want to have a culture of yes here, where if you want to bring something, yes, the answer is yes. I mean, I'll check with you <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Make sure we're not breaking any rules or anything, but... You know what I mean, right? Um, okay, so. Uh, oh, there's all the good stuff in James. Sorry, you're going to have to read it on your own. Okay. <laughs> Romans 12, 4, 6 continues. For as in one body, we have many members. Can you believe all this is in the same chapter of Romans? You guys. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. So let's have a culture here and a core value of bringing our veriness to this community and blessing each other with it. Um, I want to close by reading over you, over you guys the end of chapter 12. Um, and I'm going to jump a little bit so that I can get through all of it without it feeling like I just read you a book. Because um, I think it sums up perfectly every single one of our core values and our goal of intentionally growing and developing in our ability to love God and to love others really well. So if you want to close your eyes, I'm going to read over Romans 12. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go from there into your small groups. Um, your table leaders will let you know if you're leaving the room or staying in here and what we're going to do from then on. Um, and then just a quick reminder, we're going to come back in here, table leaders, at 10 to. All right, close your eyes with me. Romans 12, 9 through 18. Let love be genuine. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what, 
is honorable in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. May it be with us this Lord or this year, Lord Jesus. Amen.